Hello, friendos. Toast name is Chad Dukes. And I am burdened with glorious purpose. It's the Chad Dukes Radio Show. It's not Free FM. So give Chad a call. Here's the number. 385-645-5375. It's Miller time. What is that, Lil? Twelve hands in a row? Dukes, you son of a bitch. Nobody's that lucky. Now here's your host, the big silly. Chad Dukes. Charlie Hotel. Alpha Delta. Yeah, Dukes. Dig it. There before the grace of God killed me. Where the nickel's eyes hell and the damage head wins. We rode over New York, never let us back in. We blew out the lights, kicked the windows in. And when the law showed up, said they're gonna have to take us in. That's get on my music. Many thanks to the Pine Tasters for the official theme song of the Chad Duke Show. Well, one of two official theme songs of the Chad Duke Show. Welcome, everybody, to the eponymously named Chad Duke Show. I am your hostess with the mostest big shoot screaming into the internet. Glad to have you here. Brand new free episode. We do it every Friday. Tori, you said the numbers are looking good for the free episode, correct? Uh, yeah, a lot of listeners on the free, on the free episode. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. We appreciate any way you could listen. Of course, we'd love it if you would join us and subscribe to the Chad Duke Show on chadukeshow.com. We do uh, an episode during the week every day, usually a bonus episode or two as well. So maybe you make that uh, transition over to being a full-fledged giver instead of a taker. But we'll take you any way we can. Of course, you just heard the Jolly Ogre, uh, the Great Falls Sasquatch, the cold soldier himself, Gigantor, is in the building. His Christian name. Hello, Tor. How are you, buddy? Still, uh, still a bit upset. Reeling? Yeah. What happened? Uh, Monk. All right. For those of you that didn't listen to uh, Thursday's episode of the Chad Duke Show, uh, we got a uh, a text message, a little group text that me, Tor, and Monk are on. Of course, uh, Monk's Barbecue, the presenting sponsor of the Fortress of Solid Dudes, where we broadcast each and every day in Old Town. Fairfax, all things possible through Monk's Barbecue in Percival and Flying Ace Farm in Lovettsville, uh, which we are... We're in heated, nego- I wouldn't even say they're heated negotiations. We're in a planning phase of something pretty cool with those fine gentlemen and ladies. So we will uh, we'll have more information on that moving forward. But again, to circle back uh, on Thursday, right as we were going on the on the air, I'm throwing the air quotes up, uh, to, uh, Tor, right before we hit record on the computer, mm-hmm. um, we got a, a text message where uh, both Tor and I saw that not only had Money Monk caught one shark down at the Outer Banks, he had caught two sharks down at the Outer Banks. Uh, I believe it was Jamie Foxx and Al Pacino. And um, it was a situation where it was, Orgy Beard just arrived? <laughs> Orgy Beard! What? And he brought the bush light apple. Holy shit. What the fuck? Did you tell him we were up here? No. What a run-in. <laughs> Orgy, come over here real quick. How'd you know we are Turn on that microphone right there. Has Orgy ever been on the microphone? I think once, right? Yeah. And we said no more of that. Orgy, uh, how'd you know we were up here, bud? Uh, I saw the minivan in the parking lot. Oh, <laughs> I was right down the street. He's doing a bush light and figured it'd be better to drop off, drop off cold. He's anyway. doing a creep drive by tour. Hey, look, I got no beef with him at all. He just brought in the bush light. We were no, talking about that. Was, just while it was cold. On I, Thursday's I episode. Tor, are you worried about this? I don't like that. 
look, I had a very identifiable car in high school, which was not always a great thing because right. people always knew where I was. Where you weren't having sex, right? Well, so e- even if I did have, I don't know, another opportunity. It's usually just I, in front of five guys. I would get, I would get uh, bagged up bad. Uh, so now, fuck, God what is, damn it. So you, you fumbled the bag? Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm saying now, I guess... Uh, I love it. Words, you feel free to poke your head in whenever you like, especially when you. Where did you find the Bud Light Apple? Uh, the Walmart right down here. Really? Yeah. I can't it's got wait. The twenty-four pack too, but why didn't you get that? Much. You cheap son of a bitch. No, I'm just kidding. Of course. Thank you, Orge. I appreciate that. Yeah, stick that in the no fridge. Problem. Nobody else gets to try that but me. I guess you can have one tour. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Why are you freaked out? How, how do we completely reverse roles? Where I love seeing Orgy Beard coming through the door. Now you're all creeped out by him. If I was downstairs <laughs> dumping it up. And he's just roaming around up here. Hey, how you doing, guys? And then he's texting me. Hey, I saw your van in the parking lot. I'm up in the studio. I, I, Don't you think he's trustworthy at this point? Yes. I trust Orgy Beard up in here way more than I trust a lot of the other miscreants we are allowing here. I agree. It's just I heard the elevator door come up. I thought it was going to be uh, maybe an AC unit technician going That's out on happened. the roof. That's uh, happened. But instead... I don't He's know, in his shaking. full work regalia, it's, too. It's, it's shaking me to the core. Also, very ghostwriter-like today. It must be very <laughs> hot outside. It must be very hot outside. Well, thank you to RG Beard. He came bearing gifts. Uh, we would like some more of the Bush Light Apple, if anybody can uh, find you know a, what I like to call an adult-sized portion, the uh, 24-pack. Okay. Uh, where were we, Tor? Shit. Sharks? Sharks. Uh, Monk caught two sharks. And I believe he said the same time he was reeling in two sharks. And you really haven't been the same since you saw that. No, I haven't. Uh, I would not take him off the hero list of mine. I, I, I say he's still on that on that pedestal. But nicest guys, my top five. We do a top five nicest guys list. See, I would put Orgy Beard on that top five now because he just brought the Bud Light Apple. You would definitely not include him. He'd be, a, he'd be a with Monk in the cellar. Well... I would put Orgy on my top five nicest. He's also on a, a different top five list. but Perverted. Yeah. Right. The, <laughs> That's what we put him on. But Monk is probably sitting around uh, seven or eight right now for nicest guys for me. Just because he caught fish? Yeah. All right. You're easily wounded, my friend. There's a couple of things I wanted to address before we start getting it. We have some fun stuff for you today on the show. Uh, we had, got a chance to catch up with Kofi Kingston this week on the Chad Duke Show. They're coming back to D.C. He's, uh, I believe, in the main event of uh, Money in the Bank, which is on Sunday as the crow flies on the uh, the Peacock Network now tour. Did you know that? WWE Network thing kind of all shifted all over there. To I still don't know. I had Peacock for a minute just because um, I think I got it for free for a while. Because it was from NBC and I had cable, but I, I still don't know. With the Paramount Network now, I don't understand why anyone would sign up for it other than wrestling. Right. But I guess that's why they're signing up for it. It's wrestling. Anyway, uh, they're coming back to DC. We talked to him. Uh, one of the guys that was um, actually uh, in the movie that I am in. I'm acting in a, in a movie. And a guy named uh, Jonathan Shores is in that movie with me. He's a local guy. He listened to uh, Big Owen Dukes for many years. Invited him up here because we, uh, we filmed... All night in a bodega with Billy Zane, which was a pretty fucking weird experience, uh, which had a lot of highs and a lot of lows. But I, I felt like it'd be fun to talk to him this week. And he came in and did a great job. And we had a fun show. So we'll have a portion of that conversation as well. And then uh, on last Sunday, the wiffle ball game to end all wiffle ball games when not as many season career threatening injuries as the uh, touch football game, which again we were na- we were not able to play till five, mm-hmm. but we also did not make it through seven innings of wiffle ball either. And uh, my team had an injury, I believe, seven minutes in that would take our team captain off the field. Yeah, so. top of the first. <sighs> a lot of hijinks, a lot of criticism for Young Tor, and a lot of him inflating his stats. Um, yeah, don't go fishing or play golf with this guy. It ain't gonna go well for you. 
So here's what we're going to, uh, we're going to get to all that. But I did, I asked Tor to pull a piece of audio. And uh, the reason I asked him to pull this is we had this take place, uh, I believe, on Monday uh, when we had Dick Smokehand up here in the Fortress of Solid Dudes. Who else did we have? Steve from the Pie Tasters was here. Some of these guys that were actually playing in the game. And then, of course, we were dry gulched by Ant-Man, who did not apologize today, by the way, or yesterday when he was in here doing the BMI. Mm-hmm. Um there was something that happened that I wanted to address. And what I like to do is I like to point it out to people, Tor. I like to call it my my big guy lecture. And what I always like to tell people is if you want to call a fat person big guy because you want to hurt their feelings. Okay. As a fat person, I realize that I'm going to be the subject of ridicule and scorn. I'm you know armored up for that. But a lot of you don't know that when you call a person that is not tall and or muscular Big guy, we just take that as, oh, you're acknowledging the fact that I'm obese and disgusting. And I just like to point that out. Do with the information whatever you like. I'm not telling you how to live your life, but I'd rather point these things out than not because I feel like that people don't say anything when shit like this happens. There was an instance up here in the studio where, um, well, first, let's play the audio. I think it'll give it context. This is from an episode of the Ron and Fez show, which, of course, doesn't exist anymore. Uh, the tour and I are, are, are big fans of that show. I have been for years and years and years. I guess you've been your whole life because you're so young. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is from what speculate as to how old this audio is. Would you say, Tor? I would say it's at least 15 years old. It's old. Uh, it's back before Fez was crazy. For those of you that are friends of the show, and uh, it was uh, his parents were still alive. I think he was going to their 50th wedding anniversary or something like that. And Ron gives an example of somebody approaching him and something that they did that irritated him and I wanted to play this audio because this recently happened to one of us in the room here on the Chad Duke show so hopefully this will give a little context so I get this email and I hate this kind of uh, thing too where somebody acts like uh, here's what he thinks my name is Tim I live in St. Pete where and then he says Fez's real name and I always that whole thing always bugs me like uh when people go, oh, you work with O&A. I've known Greg since 1980s. Shut the fuck up, all right? It's not exactly Superman Clark Kent. You're not, this inside role that you feel like you have is not impressing me. So right away, when you start using Fez's birth name, it doesn't impress me. So he's like, I'm taking part. Yeah, in that's the, good. Uh, part- um, nice fade. So we're going to get it one day. Um. You, do you like it when the, the audio just stops and there's a little pop of static? Like, is there anything in you that's like, I'll just fade that out to make it sound better? Because it seems like you must think that sounds good. Uh, that was just a, a knee-jerk, that's good reaction. You panic? Stop the audio. Oh, that's odd. Um, <laughs> how much of your day would you say spent is spent panicking? Oh, I'd say from the hours of <laughs> wake up. Grab a brochure, put a little makeup. Yeah, so from wake up to about 3 p.m. I'd okay. Say, okay. All panic. Then you can calm down a little bit. Uh-huh. Get the pump in. Yeah. Head to five guys for the one time a year. Yeah. <laughs> Tor told a bunch of lies on the show this week. Um, so what Ron is describing there, you're familiar, Tor? That's that scenario? Yes, I am. Actually, this whole thing is in defense of you, to be honest with you. I've encountered this a million times in my life where people... I think people want to have some sort of a one-upsmanship or gotcha type situation over you, and they they play this card like this. Oh, I've, I'm I'm in on the inside information, and it's incredibly annoying. I'll get, I'll give you an example. Um, people will come up 
and say, uh, so I'll give it, uh, Paul Morris. You know who Paul Morris is? I do, yes. He's a listener, very good, not good supporter of the my shop, of the podcast, of my gaming stream. Incredible supporter. He's probably top three all-time people that you know put the, the cash on the barrel head and actually really go an extra you know 15 miles to support the show. And for that, I give him way more leeway than I would probably give a normal person. Right. He's been doing this bit to me recently where he's just throwing around uh, the character that I play in this movie coming up, mm. um, which I've never said on the show, not because I'm you know ashamed of it or anything. I, it just hasn't come up. And he's done it about five or six or seven times. And I know what it is, is it's an effort to just be like, hey, <laughs> I know. And now you know I know. And it's this kind of pimpan type of deal. It's it's weird. And, and when you're in radio and you have a radio name, of course, my Christian name is Bradley Fugerton III. Everybody knows that. Right. Um, and people like to drop that because they're like, <laughs> I know that's not your real name. It's just it's kind of this weird. Uh, I can hold this over you in this moment. Adam Kroll always talks about when you're walking around at a party and someone walks up to you and says, you don't know who I am, do you? Or you don't remember my name, do you? And in that moment, you're struggling, you're on your heels, and no matter what you've accomplished in life, there you're better for, for just a brief moment. I think this is symptomatic of that. But we had this happen on Monday here in the studio, did we not? Uh, it was addressed on Monday. It happened on Sunday. At the oh, okay. Game. I forgot. What took place? Well, uh, a listener came out and... Uh, Which one? Uh, JC the Cheesecake. JC the Cheesecake. And By the way, we'll never see him again. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, That was it. It was after the, the wiffle ball game and we were, I was uh, conducting some, uh, some business. We were getting the wiffle ball signed, you know, getting everything done. And then I uh, sit down, JC is next to me. He starts talking to me, calls me by, by my government name. Government name. I say, whoa. Where, 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 I just met you. Where'd that come from? You know, you were up in the studio on Tuesday. You called right. me tour here at the Wiffleball game. You called me by my government. What's that about? He's right. Like, he said, uh, Dick told me to do it. Right. Said, um, Dick Smokehand is the king of that bullshit. It's the worst. Is the bit. king of, I know your real name. I know your home address. I know you're this. I don't know what it is. I don't know what satisfaction it gives him to do that, but Cheesecake is also one of those people. Yeah. I've seen it happen time and time again. Um, I, it, this isn't a terrible thing, right? It's not a deal breaker. It's not the end of the world. No. But what I would tell those of you that do it, the Paul Morrises of the world, the Dick Smokehands of the world, by the way, Paul Morris gets way more, uh, what is it, uh, gratuity? I don't know what the word is. What is the word I'm looking for? Leeway. Leeway, because of the amount of support. Dick just kind of shows up late for shit. Um, it's a shit bit. Shit bit. You're doing a shit bit, and the bit is annoying. And if the great, uh, you don't believe me, you don't believe Tor, if the great Ron Bennington is telling you that it's a shit bit, then it's a shit bit. Mm -hmm. And what you should do is don't fucking, for instance, when I'm interviewing professional wrestlers, I don't call them by their real names. I call them by their stage names because that's how I fucking know them by their stage names, right? Right. It's just a smart thing to do. Like, you don't go up to fucking Garth Brooks and call him Chris Gaines. <laughs> you don't do it unless you're trying to be an asshole. Now, if you're trying to be an asshole, know that you are succeeding. And I think that's where the line is toward. It's like, go ahead and keep doing whatever you want. Just know that it's kind of an irritating, stupid, pedantic little 
annoyance to the person that you're doing it to. Yeah, it's an odd thing, and I have no, I guess, shame of my real name and non-Tor character Gigantor on the show. <laughs> is his real name. Usually people just call him Tor. And I have no shame of being a tor- called Tor also. And it's all. It's what all- about when you're called the Great Falls Sasquatch? That's I actually like that one. Do you like that one? Yes. What was the one we came up with the other day? The big Mexican food or something? The, 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 the cactus? <laughs> oh, the big cactus. Yeah. Yeah, Tor's new nickname is the Big Cactus. <laughs> Came up with that yesterday. Like it's it it's all cool with me, uh, but it's gonna phase me if I'm called a different name than I'm used to in, right. in a circle. Dukes doesn't call me by my real name. I don't expect. I, I, I to. swear to God, I don't want you to be offended by this. I don't know what your real name That's is. It's fine with me. Whatever anyone tells me what it is, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I thought his name was Tony. Yeah. <laughs> what? I got your back, Tone. I don't let people know what your real name is. It's it's fucking odd. It's like uh, when I was a, a T Sizzle. When I was a senior, and I well, I was called my real name instead of uh, Smoke. It fucking phased me. Right, because you were Smoke. A, Why were you Smoke again? I, I fought uh, on the field. A good because you were such a badass that people <laughs> called you Big Smoke. I'm right? pretty sure it was ironic because I was also uh, sometimes a bitch. Um, oh, what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. Not hard enough. Oh, you mean it in the shower? <laughs> no, not in the shower. You mean you weren't hard enough in the shower? <laughs> Suburb kid. What do you, you know, it's, yeah. it's kind of. I'm also below average size. The water's cold. <laughs> we have all this. By the way, people always ask me, like, hey, why do you make fun of Taurus Penis? I was like, we had one of his teammates. Email the show letting us know that he has a below average size penis for his enormous frame. I just want to make sure that people, I did not look. I didn't, usually whenever I hire a new uh, producer, I have to do the check. Yeah. Where I'm like, let me see who's bigger down there. And I just pulled down the front of the sweatpants. But like, you know, in 2021, that, they frown on that <laughs> in this organization. <laughs> Come on over here. I need to do the check draft. And then I just pull it right down. Like, well, that's all Bush. And I put the fucking sweatpants right back up. Where did we get? Yeah. <laughs> Please call me Tor when, when we're in public. Jaggy, are they allowed to call you the, the Jolly Ogre? Yeah, any of that. Cold fine. Soldier? Any show canon name. Big Cactus. Cool. Everything like cool that. with me. My government name? Yeah. It's going to face me. Less than your sisters. That would be your Native American name. Perfect, fine. Less fine. than sisters. That's what your dad calls you. <laughs> All right, very good. Well, look, I just, I don't, I'm not even trying to attack those individuals. I just right. think that, you know, you got to put them on every once in a while, Tor. And then we had to put them on in that particular moment because we're trying to help them moving forward with their lives. Uh, did you see that your boy, Matt Ryan, did not make the top 10 of quarterbacks on ESPN's power ranking? That's fine. Are you surprised by that? No. He's been getting, he's both underachieved expectations because right. he should be elite, but it, it's been, it, he had one year where you're like, damn. He, it, but it still felt like he needs to do the same thing next year to be elite. Who would you rather have quarterbacking your team, Matt Ryan or Matt Stafford? I feel like they're in a very similar conversation. They definitely are. Um, I also feel if Matt Stafford had some of Matt Ryan's weapons, uh, he'd probably be better. I agree. It's going to be interesting with him. and uh, I'd still probably have Matt Ryan. I don't know if that's bias leaking in there. I just know that he's been completely consistent, and he's won games, and he's been to the playoffs. Matt Stafford, I'd say, has had worse teams and worse offenses than Matt Ryan by far, but still, it's I'd still probably have Matt Ryan just because he's consistent. You know what you're going to get. You're going to get a 67% completion percentage. Right. You're going to get an above 90 QBR every single game. He'll throw an interception every other game, maybe once every three games. Uh, but he's going to get you down the field. That's what he will always do, get you down the field. Yeah, there is there is an innate, tangible uh, quality, though, that you do have to. And I, and I think it's like the Tony Romo stuff I always thought was mostly rhetoric about how he like wilts in big moments. But there's just something 
that's such a mental and unique position that I think there is something to it. It's like, Mac, would you rather have Max Scherzer or Steven Strasburg on the mound? I remember we debated that forever. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, Strauss is probably one of the most talented pitchers ever, but you want Max Scherzer's mentality. And I think with quarterbacks, you can lean on that a little bit more than any other position in football if you want to criticize that aspect of their game. Right, and Matt Stafford is a 10 also. He is gutsy. I mean, uh, the late in games... I'm cool. He just beat Atlanta late in the game char- uh, last year. Charged down the field with 38 seconds left. What, a game scoring touchdown to TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, it, he he's someone that I, I'd be very comfortable with taking the ball down the field in the fourth quarter. I'd say there's probably 10 quarterbacks in the in the NFL. I, I'd really be comfortable with doing that. Matt Stafford and Matt Ryan are both you know, quarterbacks we, that I would I would like to have. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just said this. Ed- read this editor's note that mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson was in the top 10 last year. They removed him because they don't know if he's going to play, and then they still Matt Ryan wasn't in the top 10. That's yeah. that's very interesting to me. I don't know. It's, it's odd. Di- it's a different league. He can't run. He's He's – it's weird. The the one dimension. He's the one dimensional quarterback. I know it sounds fucking crazy. <laughs> I still would rather have a quarterback, like a big stiff that can just you know step up in the pocket. Tom Brady can't move at all. Yeah. I mean, he just can't move at all. But you can move enough to make people miss in the pocket. I I don't want you out running the football around. I know that sounds antiquated. It certainly isn't as much fun because I like watching those hybrid quarterbacks way more than any other kind. But if it's a franchise for for my team, mm-hmm. um, I I don't know. Maybe that would change. Like the. the Rodgers and Wilson and those guys, they, they can run, but they they literally do it only when they have to or to set up the pass. I guess I'd rather have that, but I can't get away from the doughy Dan Marino, you know, stiff with a laser rocket arm. I just think that's still what I would start my franchise with. I think Josh Allen's an interesting interesting quarterback to, to monitor him and Trevor Lawrence because we saw Trevor Lawrence in the championship game two years ago or three years ago now where he busted off a 70-yard touchdown run. Yeah, but Josh Allen has improved every season that he's played. Yes. Do you think Lamar Jackson has improved every season that he's played? I think he has. Do you think he's worth $40 million a year? Because that's what he's going to get. I think... Uh, I don't know how you can do it. I, I just don't know how you can do it. And I don't mean any disrespect to him. I wouldn't have given Dak Prescott as much money as they did. At some point, somebody's going to have to fucking step up and say, I can't give you $45 million a year. I've got to build the rest of this fucking team. I know this is career suicide. We're going to go back into the draft and trust the process, and hopefully we can get another one on one of these fucking five-year deals and take that that fifth-year option for a rookie. I just somebody's. I thought, this, I thought for years the Seahawks were going to do it when Russell Wilson wanted all that money, and then they weren't. They didn't. I, I don't know. I, I think with... Lamar turned a an anemic offense with Joe Flacco, who was back end of his career. Joe Flacco, obviously. Do you hear me defending Joe Flacco in any way, shape, or form? No, I'm just saying we saw how quickly. Except that he's a gangster. That he stuck up the fucking Ravens for all that money. God, how perfect was that? Win the Super Bowl, don't sign the contract, get a massive deal, and then expose yourself for a wretched quarterback. Please, God, let me have that type of luck. <laughs> What an amazing goddamn! He didn't even have to. He didn't even have to load one round into a rifle or put a ski mask on to, to pull off that robbery. I don't know. Osweiler's is still probably the biggest in recent history. It's crazy paying a guy, paying a paying another team to take your fucking quarterback. My God, what did he get like eighteen million a year? I think he did. Was <laughs> it Matt Glennon? That fucking guy um, got paid eighteen different times. Yeah, Glennon. Glennon picked up a big contract in Chicago. Yeah, give me that Chase Daniel career. <laughs> That's what I want. I mean, I come in and look. Look halfway decent once every four years, and I just keep signing backup deals everywhere. Right. Give me that fucking career. Although, how many checks has Tyrod Taylor cashed, do you think? I mean, how many? That guy's gotten 100 different gigs in this fucking league. Must be nice. 
All right. Um, how do we get there? Oh, I always like it when the, the, someone's making fun of the Falcons because you're the only person I know that cares about the Falcons. Yeah. Very good. Um, <laughs> let's do this. Uh, let's get a little. Uh, let's get a little Chad Duke's show weekly uh, best of stuff action here. So here's some some of the best parts of this past week's show, in my humble opinion, uh, including a couple of really fun interviews and a recap of our just absolute abomination of a wiffle ball game. Uh, if you like this, subscribe. ChadDukesShow.com. There's plenty more where this came from. Whether you're drinking by the fire, getting ready to send it into Arlington like your boy, or just trying to find an escape from your eight kids, make sure you check out the Chad Duke Show playlist on Spotify. And just go to chaddukeshow.com slash music for the official link to your new favorite playlist. It's the Chad Dukes Show and a beautiful summer afternoon here in the nation's capital. We have a very special guest on the Branco Solutions Hotline. Not only does he have a title match coming up, but he is going to be forming right here at Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. on Saturday, September 11th with a host of other WWE superstars. The great, the true Kofi Kingston joins me now on the Branco Solutions Hotline. Kofi, great to talk to you, bud. How are you? Oh, wait. I'm fantastic, man. What a fantastic introduction. Thank you for that. I appreciate you. Uh, my pleasure, man. And I, uh, about, I don't know, I think it was Houston. It was eight or nine years ago. I was uh, at Radio Row at WrestleMania, and I was walking yeah. around, and they were showing me where to go. And you were sitting there uh, playing Xbox, and uh, we stopped, and oh, I, yeah. we talked video games for a minute. You were the nicest guy ever. And I was like, wow, uh, like that was a cool interaction. And uh you have that reputation. Like, I've interviewed a lot of wrestlers, and I've heard a lot of things. and I've never heard anyone – I'm sure one exists. I've never heard anybody <laughs> say a bad word about you. Is that is that a reputation that you've tried to cultivate? Yeah. It, I mean, it's a reputation that I try to cultivate, but mainly, like, I threaten everybody to not <laughs> say bad words about me. You know, I'm very intimidating. You know what I mean? So they don't dare – say a bad word about me because I told him, I said, I'll know if a bad word about me comes out of your mouth, I will know and I will come for you and you won't like what I do to you. So that people heed that warning. So, you know, um, that's really the, the main thing is the, uh, the threats that I put out when, uh, when, when people sure. are, uh, when I, People. Yeah, threats of violence and physicality always effective. <laughs> I, I completely agree. Uh, you can follow Kofi on uh, Twitter and Instagram. It is at True Kofi. Well, look, man, I can't even imagine what this year has been like for you guys. And uh, you know, the, having the product, uh, getting the audience in a completely new form. But I got to say, as someone that's been to dozens and dozens and dozens of house shows. There's nothing like it in the world when you have that intimate audience where, you know, the action that's happening. There's no television cameras. It's happening just for those people. It's an enormous amount of fun. And you guys haven't really been able to do them. What does it feel like now that you're kind of getting back to this sense of normalcy inside your business? Oh, man, it feels great. I've been saying it all morning, like um, the way that WWE is, is meant to be consumed is in front of a live audience. So we can feel that energy. We can see your signs. We can hear you guys cheer for us we can hear you guys cuss us out you know what i mean <laughs> it's just like all about going out and just having this big you know energy dump you bring all your energy and you you give it to us in the ring and you, you cheer for the people you like you boo the people you don't like um it's an amazing experience and we have been starving for the people to be back in the crowd for over a year i mean we got a little bit of a taste of it at wrestlemania and that was awesome. It was yeah. great. But the very next night, we were back to the Thunderdome in front of the uh, LED screens, which is also great because people can, you know, they could see themselves on TV at a time where they were starving for live entertainment. And we were able to provide that to the best of our ability. 
But um, the way that the that our product is meant to be consumed is like in person, in the flesh, you know, making eye contact with kids and, you know, uh, and, and adults alike and just going out and uh, putting on a great show. So we are really, really excited to uh, be coming back, especially to D.C. Of course. I feel like um, I have a lot of history in D.C. I've had a lot of like title matches. One of my favorite matches of all time, I think, was a pay-per-view called Capital Punishment yep. versus uh, Dolph Ziggler for I think it was either the United States Championship of the Intercontinental Championship, and um, it was just awesome. You know, the, the crowd is always great when we come to D.C., so I'm looking forward to being able to uh, to experience that again, and uh, even sooner in, uh, in Dallas, Texas, and uh, Fort Worth when we uh, have money in the bank and, and raw um, in front of a live crowd for the first time in way too long. Yeah. So, yeah, man. I'm super excited to be in front of people again. Tickets go on sale for all the live events, but specifically, of course, that super show at Capital One Arena. That is uh, Friday, 10 a.m. You go to Ticketmaster.com with the Capital One Arena box office. That Capital Punishment pay-per-view, man, I was I was so happy about that because I'm from here. I was born in Northern Virginia. I've done radio here my whole life. And uh, sure. it was like you had the big Capitol building stage set. And then that was, that was when R-Truth had that run at the title with Cena. I thought he yeah. did. I thought he did really well at that. And the way that match ended was, I was st- I was sitting behind this kid that had a cup of water. He threw it in our truth's fa- uh, face, and then he got rolled up in the ring, and yeah. that that was the end of it. I that I thought that was a hilarious run for him. Oh man, he's so talented and like so underrated, man. He can do it all, man. Like there was a point, remember when he was feuding with John Morrison? It was yeah. probably almost like ten years ago. Uh, we were in Europe, and he was just on you know and, and going out here that's when he was hitting the water bottle upside people's heads you know um <laughs> but now you see him and he's like the funniest person that i've ever been around like he's so quick with his comedic timing uh and the expressions on his face and his like physical humor and he just you know he's just so underrated and talented man um he's really one of the group one of the good ones it's crazy that i used to watch him like growing up you know I and know. he still looks the same he hasn't aged, you know. Uh, the rumor is is that he's uh he doesn't believe in time, so he doesn't <laughs> age, you know. So he might have found the secret, the fountain of youth, if you will. Just don't believe in time, and you'll never get older. I'm gonna just stop believing in carbohydrates, and then I'll have a six pack situation <laughs> like you do. And I think that's the way that I'm gonna move about it. Um, yeah. dude, your career is unbelievable. I, you know, I'm sure you get a lot of people to compliment you when you do these, but. I've been watching you since the very beginning uh, with the gimmick that you came out with and moving ahead and becoming heavyweight champion and all of those infamous uh, tables, ladders, and chairs matches, money in the bank matches. Um, and then now the New Day is a cultural phenomenon. I know it's changed a little bit as of late, but my God, I mean, the, just the people that it appeals to and the energy that it has and the positivity and then to translate that online where you guys are, you know, you're way out ahead of the curve, I feel, the most people in the mainstream on that stream and video games and discussing all that and treating it like it's a real form of entertainment do you you guys don't get a lot of time off do you ever get a moment to stop and think and kind of reflect on everything you've accomplished uh not not really man like you <laughs> said we we are we keep pretty busy and and to be honest i i kind of try not to focus on the past and and uh and everything like that because i, I feel like i'm still doing it you know i'm right. still here and I'm still trying to uh, do some big things here, and I'm still trying to keep on grinding. One day when I'm uh, like old and I have a, a nice lawn, and kids are disrespecting me by running all across my lawn, I'm gonna have to pull them aside in my rocking chair and say, "Hey, you know who I used to be?" and show them some tapes of myself or, or you know some video of myself and and remind them. And that, at that point, I'll be able to reflect. But for right now. 
I'm still in it and I'm still I'm still doing it. So, um, you know, I don't really look too far back. A lot of times, actually, on like social media, you have a couple accounts who will like send you a clip from a match you had like on that day. So it's like on this day in history, you were doing this. And I'll have no recollection wow. of like the match. I'm like, well, I guess it, it must have happened because here's the footage. But I, I, you know, I've been around for so long and I've had so many matches that a lot of the uh, like cool things that I've done, um, I've kind of forgotten about. So one day I'll be able to sit down and just uh, think about all the cool things that I've done. Um, I've been so blessed to have been with WWE for so long and to have had so many uh, incredible moments, memorable moments for people and for myself and for my family. So um, not quite yet, though. Not quite yet, though. We'll see. Are you worried about earning a DQ in your title fight because you've taken so much advantage of the Hurt Business on social media lately? It just feels like they're punching oh. above their weight class with the way but, you've hey, been carving them up. <laughs> I kept telling them, I said, MVP, log off, okay? <laughs> you want to talk about us wearing, uh, you're out there wearing your superhero and comic book outfits and you look and i said hey look let me show you this receipt this is a picture of you dressed up like the punisher here's another one of you dressed up like black panther who is also a comic book character log off bro you're out of your league when it comes to online slander and uh and uh, you know uh online fisticuffs like you you can't you can't see us you can't see us you're out of your league on that you know so stick to whatever it is that you do i know mvp is into uh like hip-hop he'll rap you know, um, he's into a lot of things, but when it comes to going back and forth and jousting on, on Twitter, you will always lose that battle when you go up against the New Day every single time. Do you see a situation where you're sitting there as a WWE heavyweight champion and then across the ring from you, you got a guy cashing in in Big E that you have a lot of history in? That, that's something that physically could happen in the near future. Do you, do you think that's a possibility? Well, I mean, it's certainly a possibility, but uh, the thing about it is uh, the people that ask that question are what we refer to as wedge drivers. You know, you try <laughs> to drive a wedge in between the new day. Uh, I have a huge mountain to climb in Bobby Lashley, the uh, true almighty Bobby Lashley now, especially after what happened on Monday Night Raw when he uh, seen. You know what What? what clip I'm going to save is when he said Kofi was right. Mm. I, he, he said it. He said it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Kofi was right. I'll never let him forget that. I'm going I'm to I'm save it. I'm going to replay it. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times Kofi was right. Bobby said that, you know? Uh, so I got to – he's really mad right now. He's really angry. And uh, honestly, that's the Bobby Lashley that I wanted. Because um, I've been saying it all day, but to be the man, you got to beat the man, as Ric Flair said. And when you beat the man, you beat them at their best. That way you know that you are at your best. You know, the, the iron sharpens iron. So uh, for me to look past Bobby Lashley would be foolish. Um, I, I'm going to focus on beating him and then worry about the money in the bank situation when that happens, too. Because he also has a large mountain to climb. There are some phenomenal athletes, especially like John Morrison and Ricochet in there. Yeah. I don't know if you've been watching their matches as of late. But they are just two, like, real-life superheroes doing superheroic things in that ring that they should not be able to do, you know? So um, they're in the match, you know, uh, the bro, Matt Rydell, as I like to call him, is going to be in there, too. Like, it's going to be a really great Money in the Bank match. And uh, at the end of the day, I uh, am pulling for E, but uh, he definitely has a, a big mountain to climb in front of him as well. So let's get let's get by all of that 
before we start, you know, getting into the wedge driver's agenda. You know what I mean? Got you. I don't want to be labeled with a wedge driver agenda. That is yeah. for certain. July 18th, no, you, you can don't. check that out. Money in the Bank. And, of course, check out all the WWE superstars. So great to have them back in town. So great they can perform at Capital One Arena, Washington, D.C. That's Saturday, September 11th. And tickets go on sale this Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Go to Ticketmaster.com to secure those. At True Kofi on Twitter and Instagram. Dude, thank you so much. Love the energy. Always appreciate you as a performer. Thank you for making the time today. Oh, right on, man. Thank you for having me on. Great conversation. The great Kofi Kingston on The Chad Duke Show. Big Shoot is gaming and he wants you to be a part of it. Head over to Chad Duke Show Gaming on Facebook. Turn on your notifications and you'll know when Shooter is going live. Tune in to see big finishing moves, tall vampire ladies, and samurais in Tsushima. Follow Chad Duke Show Gaming to get all the info you need on any of the giveaways that take place as well. Hey everybody, Tor here. Now as you're about to hear, we had ourselves a wiffle ball game this last Sunday evening. It was about 95 degrees, maybe 99% humidity. And as I was getting on base most of the time that I, I was at bat, I remember standing on second one time and thinking, man, it is just hot as hell out here. But I also thought... I could be hotter. And I, I'm thinking, why wasn't I hotter? And then I realized, oh, that's because I'm using the Manscaped 4.0 presented by Manscaped. Great friends of the show. You guys have been killing it. I see people are still buying them. I'm hearing great reviews, great things. And that's not just because they have great products. It's because you have a great discount code with the code DUKES. That's D-U-K-E-S for 20% off and free shipping. You want a cologne? Manscaped has you. Conditioners, deodorants. Uh, besides the fantastic razors that they have to provide with the with the 400k LED lights, the strong motors, the waterproof, it's all great. But you're getting 20% off and free shipping with the code Dukes at Manscaped.com. It's going to keep getting hotter. August is rolling right around the corner, so you are going to want to start trimming yourself the in the most efficient way, and that's by going to Manscaped and getting 20% off and free shipping with the code Dukes at Manscaped.com. You can always donate to The Chad Duke Show using the Donate tab on ChadDukeShow.com. You'll help us keep improving the product, and you'll earn yourself a verbal nod on the next episode. We thank you for your support, friendos. Uh, live in studio is my buddy Jonathan Shores, who I can, I can safely say now, my co-star. In a feature hey. motion picture that we both acted in. Law and order every time. Law and order every time. That's us. It was a fair fight. He's legal. <laughs> I love that. The more I watch that movie, I love that scene even more. Because they blow this dude away in front of the, the, the county marshal and the town sheriff. And the reason was, crawl fist a bit, call me a liar. So they murder him in the middle of the street. And uh, One of the all-time great. Did you go home and watch it? Of course, I of course I did. Of course I did. And then my uh, my wife actually had never seen it all the way through, and that's a whole nother kettle of fish because we've been together since 2005, and I've probably watched Tombstone in between, but I always remember this. That's my go-to movie. Like, I have six or seven go-to movies when the wife goes up to sleep. Um, I continue drinking and watching movies that I like, <laughs> like The Departed's on there, like Seven's on there, and uh, it's in the rotation. She loved it. We watched it because, of course, Jonathan and I uh, co-star with Billy Zane. Billy Zane, not to name drop. We got to get to that part of the story. Um, but I think when if people go back and they listen to the show where I finally was allowed to uh, reveal what I was doing, um, I said there is this crazy fucking biker dude that I had this uh, scene with where I'm driving around uh, Billy Zane, who plays my older brother in the movie. Yep. 
and we're in a convenience store and your character starts to talk shit at the back of the convenience store. And basically, are you, are you a pro wrestling fan? You are, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So basically, your job was to make Roman look strong. Like right. you had, we had to establish Billy Zane as like the the ass kicker in this movie. So I guess they said, get the biggest Momoa looking tattooed biker motherfucker you can. That's right. I go by that <laughs> moniker now because I did catch up on the show up to that point. Did and you I really? Think, I think huge Jason Momoa motherfucker, something Dude, like that, something along those lines. You know how emasculating it is toward to be standing around. There's every woman on the lot comes up. You look like Jason Momoa. <laughs> yes, I know. Yes, I would be such an asshole if everybody said that. To me all the time i don't know you try to accept have you have you ever heard this i don't know if you've ever heard you just know it's coming and i'm like and i just like spit it out yeah when we're gonna get there i'm gonna say yes you're gonna be like take your shirt off let's have sex oh it's such an inconvenience (laughs) it's a tough job um but the the funny thing was is that i didn't know you and i got that i was sitting in my hotel room after I think about a 14-hour day in the middle of the sun, and I was just wondering if I could... I Honestly, there was two or three moments during this, and actually, us meeting and chatting for a bit really helped me get through the rest of the process, because this guy's way more positive than I am. Way more... You know me, Tor. I'm the most negative person you've ever met. Yeah. Um, I got this message. I looked down at my Instagram, and it says, uh, hey... There's a guy on a call sheet for a movie I'm in named Chad Dukes. That, that's not you, is it? And I was like, yeah, who... Who's this? Who do you know about me? And I'm, I'm sitting in my hotel room feeling violated. He's like, no, no, I was cast for the movie. I listened to the show. I've been listening since Baltimore. And yeah, I was like, yeah. well, that's fucking weird. So how did you get, t- take me through it. Like, yeah, yeah, well, so for if, if you don't know, like when you're on a, a movie, you're going to get the day or, or two days before you shoot, you're going to get this long piece of paper. It's got everybody's name and right. phone number and all this stuff on it, right? I didn't get that, by the way, just so everybody knows. Check your... Check your check I didn't get sides. I, I'm telling you right now, they knew the clown shoe was walking onto the <laughs> set of that fucking picture. So I get it, uh, I think the night before, maybe, maybe a couple nights before I get it, and I'm just going down the list and I'm seeing who's in this scene because it turned out to be just the three of us. Which was crazy, three, wasn't which was it? cool. Yeah, well, a bunch of extras, too. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and it's just like it gives the character name and it gives the actor's name and it's like Chad Dukes and I'm like well it's, I mean it's not the most common name no I, in there's, the world. there's one other one that I'm aware of okay the one that I stole the name from <laughs> so I'm like it. I'm like well let me shoot let me shoot him a message and see if he if he responds on on Instagram and you did yeah well it was because it was very I get I don't get a lot of messages but I get enough where it's like sometimes I miss them but it was very the first like five or six words were I'm in a movie are you and I'm like oh no that's weird right yeah because it was still I didn't see man I never done it so I didn't know what I could say what I couldn't say I felt that because you were like I can neither confirm nor deny this yeah and I wanted to make sure that like no one was fucking with me because I got to say the entire time I thought somebody was I fucking did hear with that me. story yeah, yeah. I mean, you told me that story on on the set and I, I, heard I still think maybe that. somebody's fucking with we'll me. We'll see if this movie ever comes out. We'll see. Maybe the most elaborate practical joke in this. Can you imagine uh, <laughs> well, holding they hired Billy Zane? They holding John Hader a prisoner for two uh, two months just to prank me. What a fucking narcissist. Um, so how did you get to? So let me just set it up. I don't want to give too much away, but okay, that, yeah. basically the essence of the scene is what we said. You're big scary biker guy. They got you all dressed up, and you start talking shit, and it's to make Billy look strong. Right. And I'm just with him at that point. I think I'm more just like a uh, Jimmy Hart to his whole. Kogan. Right. Um, but we were in this bodega filming all fucking night, yeah. which was weird for me too because in this crazy throwback town. Yeah, the whole I, town is a movie set. It doesn't feel like because they the movies in the early eighties, kind of late seventies, and I feel like that's where Hopewell, Virginia, the clock stopped. That school that we were in. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody's been in there 
before us since 1976. You think? Oh, yeah, yeah, I disagree. I think that's an act. Well, dude, it, it fucking, I was, when did I graduate? 1997. So it immediately, I had flashbacks of being in high school because it felt like it was 30 years old or whatever yeah, it would except be. Except for the walkway where like the prison guards would stand well, you're the, ta- okay, or the okay. nuns or something. My bad, bro. We were in a school the next day. Oh, a different school. Yeah, you a were completely in a different, different high school that we wow. filmed all day in. So you're, you're right. The one where we were in the, the gymnasium. The the horror room, saw bathrooms and all that stuff. Tor, we're sitting in there. First of all, how long did you sit there with me? The, the first, it had to be eight or nine hours. Right. This, this is, by the way, not more. ultimately he was just getting fitted for a cop. Did, he, did that even happen? At about what time did I get? I got there before lunch because we yeah, had lunch, right? Yeah. So at about like ten thirty. So we're by the way, no air conditioning. Um, and then th- this is the hilarious bit. They had those big like turbo industrial fans. You know, that, that is, I took a picture next to one and put it on my Instagram. Yeah. They're like they go up to about the middle of your cheek. I was sitting in front of one of those because it was like, oh god, thank god, this is the only thing saving my life. We were there so fucking long that they just started yanking the plugs out and just packing up like we're gonna go and and it went up to about 75 degrees so eventually him and i we took director's chairs and we put them out in the fucking grass in front of the high school and just were watching everybody film as we did nothing or or whatever it was they were doing i don't think I don't they think were filming. filming i think there was some changes made the very next day on the set of the film i won't get into that really? but uh I yeah i think there were i did run in i told you i ran into somebody else who was on the film really yeah no it was a, a um a young lady okay so i told you i was there until 10 30 that night and just to get us by the way i was there until 1 30 in the morning you were there yeah. you were you had to have been the last actor there every single time at least when i was there i was because we finished nobody told us i think they might have told you what that the scene we were in it was a night shoot we're shooting from 10 o'clock at night to six in the morning i knew it was a night shoot i that. didn't know that what we were doing was physically the last thing that we were shooting on an overnight Actually shoot yes yeah. yes and so i I went from that to another shoot at 10 in the morning. I saw that. I, I couldn't that. fucking believe you did it that. Was, I was running on energy drinks and, and stuff you're probably not allowed. Well, we're allowed to mention. Cocaina. There you go. There's a paywall, dude. You, you can go. say whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> Ain't nobody going to. Oh, an actor did a bump? I can't believe it. Um, it's, it's, it's earth shattering. <laughs> we're breaking news. But there was a young lady on that on that set that was like, oh, I'm going to tap a wingo. And oh, really? Weeks later, I ran into her again in another shoot for that movie. And. And she was describing some things that I think you and I experienced firsthand. Who was the woman that you're talking about? Because she said she walked in she on walked me in, in the dressing the, room. She, she's flipping through her iPhone. She's like, this, here's John Hader. Okay, side note, not to get off track. John mm-hmm. Hader seems like a, a ridiculously Fucking good dude. Awesome dude. They had a bunch of students as extras, a bunch of kids. Did you talk to him at all? In passing. Okay. Like at, at lunch. But he, um, these extras were getting paid squat. Of course. He like did this whole lecture with... 15, 20 minutes with them about growing up, yeah. chasing your dreams as an actor, watching out for social media stuff. He seems like a pretty chill, chill guy. Well, dude, he's a dad with like three kids, yeah, and man. he posts on Instagram like maybe once a year. And I think there's, there a reason, there's a reason why that dude's never been in a lot of That's trouble. He's given that lecture. Um, but she, she said, she's flipping through uh, pictures on her phone, and she's like, and this is this guy I walked into, walked in on while he was changing, and there you are in your, in your car sales. Man, it's really nice of her to say such glowing things about me. She was smiling when she said By the way, that, oh, I remember. Okay, now I now remember. Yeah, now I remember. Because I was changing in a classroom, and she walked in. It was an older lady, right? Mm-hmm. She walked in, and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was like, I don't care. I've changed in front of so many people this week. You can do whatever you want. Like, if you're uncomfortable, I get it, but I don't give a shit. Because I was, I was rapping that day. Like, I was fucking rapping and able to go home for a couple of days, and I had to come back again. But I was like, let me just get on the road. It's a billion degrees, and so... <laughs> Um, but I, I have to ask you, we were out until yeah. 6 a.m. That was rough. And I know, 
You were there. The, you were there. The two roughest days, in my opinion, that I personally. All right, had. that's good to know. Yeah, that's yeah. good to know. Some things. Some things worked out. But sure. we were. We were there overnight to the point the sun's coming up. And I'm asking, like, when does this store open and people yeah. are going to come in? And they're like... Because it's a, it's a fucking convenience store. Right. Like, I would assume right. it opens pretty goddamn early. Right. And so they're like, hey, you're a rat, man. You can go and you can get your water buff and everything. And I'm like, this is great. He had blood all over his face, too. All over. And uh, was still spitting out, like, on the other set. Was still, I like, felt terrible about that. But then they're like, hey, Chad, you got one more scene. Yeah. Everyone one else. More scene. And then, by the way, there was... I won't get into the details, but a couple of people weren't getting along. And so... Tensions were running high, and it was a crazy fucking scene. Like, I don't want to get into it, but, like, the, the mic, the mic, the camera is hovering over my hands, and then it pans back, and then I'm looking over the shoulder, and then I'm doing something, then walking off, and I think they just cut that whole fucking scene. No I, way. I, I don't think it's going to be in the movie. But, yeah, I was always, for whatever reason, I was always, <laughs> always the last, last. one uh, that whole week where I, I, I'm the very last scene. I'm involved in it. Uh, but that's a blessing, too. Like, that was, um, that's going to be a great scene that you're See, in you in that talk more in that fucking movie ah you were right See? well that first night so we're sitting and i'm not kidding you i did like a scene in uh camaro with billy zane right yeah. we had a quick scene where we're pulling up behind a camper I, I i give the one line i think that the whole day took place then we drive off right so we do that sat then phil i met this motherfucker nine hours just sitting there on the set wondering Am I supposed to still be here? Like, are we doing anything else? Because it's just getting later and later and later. And eventually we went out. We were just watching them do whatever they're doing. And they have these big fucking lifts that they're putting lights up on. And they're backlighting this abandoned street. And then eventually they threw us out of there because they're like, you're in the shot. Go back inside, fat boy. And I'm like, okay. And then this dude leaves. And then I'm just sitting there alone for another three hours wondering, am I doing the right thing? Come to find out from people such as yourself, that's very common on movie sets. Yep. I think, I think Morgan Freeman has the quote, "You, I'll act for free. You pay me to wait. Yeah, that's a great point. Yep. That's exactly what it was. Um, but so we were talking the whole time and uh, we have a lot of things in common, I would say. The scene, though, is very it's very odd to be in a situation where if there's a burden on you and kind of everybody else's not everybody else, but not fucking up was my whole goal. Like, I don't think I put a lot of effort into my performance. I'm going to use air quotes. I sound like an <laughs> asshole, but I don't know how you feel about it, dude. I the last thing in the world I wanted was for all of those people that set up those lights and all those people that set up that sound and the actors that are you know known if they're walking down the street. I don't want them to have to do additional things because I have fucked up. Right. Um, that's pretty much what I focused on the whole time. I don't know if that's what your situation is a little bit different than well, mine. Well, I'm but. still, but I'm still at a level where it's like, just I don't want to be a problem. Right. I don't want anybody to know. Like, I don't want word going around like this dude's gonna. And I heard I, the story about the rings. Oh sure. And the rings are flying off, and you don't have it. But that's probably as as close as you got. Well, guys, at, at at this level, like we're not going to be an issue unless we do. Unless we think we're in charge, unless we think we're the star, we start ad libbing stuff. We start giving people a hard time for you know our vegan lunch or whatever we got well there was a lot of vegan lunches i was by the way every time they kept asking me are you sure you don't want lunch and i'm like no i don't want a quinoa bowl thank you so <laughs> Somebody much i appreciate to the show it. though because on barbecue day there chad's like no no thanks and then dude here comes a, here comes a meal for chad i said i don't want barbecue day because honestly i didn't want to have diarrhea and then they they <laughs> they fucking brought me exact they brought me exactly what i would have ordered they said here's your meal and i'm like fried mac and cheese i haven't spoken to anybody like how do you know this is what i eat i just think the, the woman pointed at my stomach and i was like oh okay probably my <laughs> reputation precedes me um, I think from what I saw, and you were only there the, the two nights, I think it's going to be a funny-ass movie, man. I think man. it's going to be a funny movie. I really do think that. And um, 
the the funny thing about you being here, one of the main reasons I, w- I wanted you to come up is you were there when I did the bit with because you and I were talking before and like we got to ask Billy Zane about fucking Tombstone. Oh yeah. And I think you said something. Jonathan said something like, I don't know if that's my place, man. Like I'm just here for one day. And I was like, I'll fucking ask him. Yeah, you've been we're, we're with him the whole time. I was we was it was him and I. It was a him and I, Quim and I. And uh, but as a fan of that film, that was like one of the cooler. I mean, there was all kinds of shit that happened and some of it was great. And some of it wasn't. But for him to like sit there, like pull his thoughts together and tell us like three or four just amazing things about that movie. That's like a once in a lifetime. But experience. his recall was amazing. Very oh, detailed. Yeah. You know that movie then, was made in '94. I know, and he came off another movie to do it. Posse, yeah, one like, of my favorite westerns. I fucking love Posse. Western to western, wouldn't you get that confused? Maybe not. I don't know. He's a professional. I mean, he's a superstar. Well, he was a lead in Posse, right. and he was like, a, I don't want to say yeah, a bit player, supporting but, maybe like yeah. somewhere, somewhere in that level. But his recall was great, and I because you're like, hey. You know, I love Tombstone. You know, we got to get a minute with him, and luckily we had the whole night because we were just sitting there. It's the three of us sitting, uh, basically where the the uh, the claw machine is <laughs> right. in the bodega, right. while everyone's just like ripping lights down and moving shit around. And it was weird, just that it was the three of us because we were the only fucking actors left. Yeah, other than the extras, who I guess they put they in just a, came for that night in a cardboard box. I didn't even see where they sequestered. I those will people. say this: I don't know if you saw this, but Billy is—I mean, he's such a professional actor, and. He's got his own ideas and stuff, right. and those are communicated. But he was awesome to uh, to us, the other actors. Yeah. He went over and spoke to those extras the first break, the first chance he got. He went over and talked to them. He came over and chatted with I'm like, what? A, I know a bunch of Billy Zane movies. Some of them he plays. He's kind of known for playing smaller parts. He's right. This guy trying to get headlines all the time. So I'm like, what do I ask him about? No, I'm not going to ask him about Titanic. Everybody's got to ask him about yeah. Titanic. Also, I don't care about Titanic Right, and I all. know about Tombstone, but you were slick. You want to give us a tombstone? Uh, yeah, I would leave it open to him because I thought he'd tell us something we didn't know. He sat on fucking... his cell phone for ten minutes. Well, dude, I, that that's where our, I don't know if you felt as uncomfortable as I did. I'm like, did I fuck up? Like, should I, did he forget? Like, should I ask again? <laughs> I was giddy. I was like, it's gonna come. But he went the like, to, I swear to God, he went like this. Yes. <laughs> and then ten minutes went by. <laughs> But then it was like, he, t- he told one that I, I'm not about the director, which is hilarious, yeah. but I don't even want to share it here because I, I don't know who's listening or, wh- or what they could get back the to. The one about just finding a place? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like if, Well, story. by the way, I could relate to that story <laughs> yeah. quite a bit because I've done that. It's, I'll just say this. It's about urinating. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, nice. But he just, and then I, I think he wrapped the picture. They call it the martini tour. Now that we, I'm in the business, yeah, yeah. you fucking Hammenager. <laughs> um, he got martinied. So I was sitting there like, he was cranking out stories at that point. Like he started talking and he could tell that we both knew the movies and like we were into it. So I think he would have sat there all night telling us about that shit. And it was just, it was, it was really cool. And I think you're right. Like I'm sure there were issues. I'm sure they were back and forth. I, I don't know. But as far as that dude act, I you know, he never fucking said to me, hey, man, what, what are you doing? Like, yeah. he, he was always, it was always move your head over here. You'll be more in the camera. Hey, if you do this, this will be funny. Right. You know, it was always kind of trying to put you over as well at the same time. And he did that on that one scene that we were doing. He came, yeah. he came over and he's, you know, and we had talked the day before. Sure. And uh, which was good because I have to insult him in the movie. So That's I, true. You know, I don't want to be like, hey, hey, how are you? Hey, Tor, how are you? Here's a bunch of insults thrown, right. thrown your way. <laughs> and we beat this motherfucker's <laughs> ass. Me and Billy kicked the shit out of him, threw him out the fucking door. Yeah. And then you had to stay until <laughs> eight in the morning. So he's got. So in this scene, though, like it's going to be the two of us. And then the next thing you see is him getting drug out of the front. I'll beat yeah. the shit, which is going to be funny. I think just the visual of that will be. But a lot I'll of tell fun. you the best compliment I think I've ever received so far. And I hope there's I hope I have a great long career with many stories sure. to tell you. But so far, the, the best one was he comes over and he's he says to do something. And, I, and at first I'm like, oh, shit, like 
whatever you say. Yep, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to do it. You know, I'm, I'm kind of giddy inside. But it was a great note. He was right. It was, it was spot on. So we do it, and then they finally call cut, and he comes over. Well played. Oh, really? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, done. That's cool. If you're feeling hungry, go check out the show's presenting sponsor, Monk's Barbecue in Percival, Virginia. You can follow Monk's on Twitter and Instagram at Monk's BBQ. That's at Monk's BBQ on Instagram and Twitter. So we played at 6.30. We played at a, uh, a park. There were five roster members. Dick, what the fuck, dude? What the fuck? You're waltzing in here nine minutes into the show. Who do you think you are, Frankie Valley? Listen, I had services. Don't try to def- don't try to deflect. We weren't expecting him to host. He's just here to be stupid when he shows up. You're supposed to sit here as a host. Uh, well, yeah, I have no excuse. What then? What do you say? I am sorry to the three fucking grown men here waiting for your dumb ass. All right, Dick Smokin is here as well. He was uh, part of the contest. I noticed you had time to stop and get coffee. Oh no, that's from way before. That, when? That when? Was, two two weeks ago? When that, was, that was when I was late to my normal job. Oh, morning. okay. All right. Well, good. Hopefully you get written up. We're going to write you up, by the way. Tor, if you don't mind, write Dick up. Okay. Um, we got to the part where five, there were two teams of five, and then we had, how many alternates did we have, Tor? Uh, there were about, we, we had about four scheduled alternates. Okay. And then... When did the word go out that everyone should come down and watch the wiffle ball game? Because I pulled up in my truck, and I saw... Basically stands. There were people sitting and yeah. tailgating and they had music going. And I don't recall. I think I, we made it pretty clear, like, this isn't an open event. Right. So how did that happen? I, beats me. I, I, I invited the alternates that we had agreed upon and or the subs that we agreed upon. You think they, they ran their fucking mouth? They probably did. Hold I on. saw two people there that wanted to fuck Nick Smokin. So I have to assume Nick Smokin was responsible for their presence there. Yeah, I ran my mouth to that. all right well that's two people another thing about it was the fucking fact that i don't remember matt lawson being the first substitute like i don't remember that being the case how did that happen what about being the only substitute well i mean orgy beard was there as an alternate the spider clamp was there as an alternate um and lawson played the whole fucking game which we'll get to very very soon (laughs) very very soon spider bruce it's just unbelievable. Uh, 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 so why don't you put your bears in this cooler here? Uh, let me tell you something. I, I've never seen this move happen outside of the confines of these types of shows. For those of you that don't know, our former friend Blackout Bruce, of course, unfortunately, has passed on. Um, what he would do is he would bring a cooler to every single show that we would do. And because he was the only one that had a cooler, because yeah. I don't know why everyone, I guess coolers are just, um, they cost $500,000 because no one will yeah. buy one. Um, <laughs> everyone would load their beers into Bruce's cooler to keep them cold. So then everyone would have cold beers. Bruce would then put his feet up on the cooler yeah. and not open it again for the rest of the duration. No. Also is to slip himself a beer out of the yeah. cooler. You would actually grab the six pack or 12 pack out of your hands as you walked in and, and put them in the cooler. Yeah. Like, oh, I wanted one. And then he would put his feet up on the cooler, and everyone would be like, what happened to all the beers? And Bruce was just keeping his feet on the cooler because he wanted to take the beers home with him to drink in his apartment, uh, which, of course, led to one of Dick Smokehand's funnier bits where Bruce got up to take a leak. Dick runs over to the cooler, opens it up, and just hands out 36 beers to everybody. <laughs> just emptied the fucking cooler. Uh, Spider Clamp was doing this, yeah. only he took it a step further. He was actually sitting on the cooler. Yeah. So nobody was getting a beer. Yeah, and everybody was dehydrated, cramping up. He had 
Probably 48 Gatorades. Oh, there. <laughs> bro, I, at one point I asked, does anyone have any Gatorades? And I watched him stare me right in the eyes with his dead, lifeless eyes and not say anything about the Gatorades. So he didn't even break a sweat. No. And then he I had saw, long pants on, too. I saw Orgy Beard walking around with waters like two hours after the game. Anybody want a water? I'm like, yeah. no, motherfucker, but I would have liked one after the first inning. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, it was a th- We played later in the day, which I thought was going to help us. It ultimately did not. Um... It was one of the, I think it was one of the hottest days of the year on really on Sunday. It was, it was fucking awful, and um, th- it became very evident to me. A meet. First of all, I got there and Joe's <laughs> ass. God bless him. He's <laughs> fucking stupid. He's a weird combination of dumb and really arrogant. Yeah. And like I I don't understand where all of that came from. Yeah. <sighs> He's sitting there just taking BP. Mm-hmm. Like, just getting pitch after pitch after pitch, ducks thrown right over the home plate, not making contact, swinging and missing, fouling them off. And I'm like, yo, why are you showing them you can't hit before the goddamn game starts? He was holding the bat upside down. Dude. It was. Did I oversell? No. How inept he is with that bat? I've never heard anybody connect with the ball so hard and it would go like three <laughs> inches above the bat and then back down. Oh my like, God, dude. <laughs> it was so awful. I'm like, Joe, why are you showing them? You And then like Ant-Man was trying to pitch. I'm like, you're not pitching. Nobody <laughs> showed them anything. Like they know, they don't know how bad we are yet. Yeah, we knew everything about the team other than you before. Oh, it was so terrible. Yeah, you know what my first, my first at bat was the first time you saw me do anything, and I ripped a single. This could have been a double if I'd walk on a treadmill for five minutes a day. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tor, where do we start? Uh, I mean, it was hot. I think we got to that. Uh, do you want to start when I showed up? Because I was... Oh, you're butt late. Yeah. yeah. Butt late. I'm, you know what, Tor? Write yourself up. Yeah. You're teed up. <laughs> yeah, you know what, Tor? <laughs> you're the executive producer of the show. You showed up after every single other person. There are 11, 11 text messages in our thread from Tor saying, like, at the latest... Make sure you're there by six, there, you motherfuckers. Yeah, you're yeah. out. I know you're going to be late. I'll stone you right out of this I'll show. Put, I'll put two losses on our team if you go show up. <laughs> not, not on your team! <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, even leading up to uh, during the pregame, meeting that Big Rig and I were having. Oh, Big yeah. Rig was running late because of the soccer match and, yeah. and Tor said, okay, I'll, I'm going to be at about 6.15. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Game of schedule to start at 6.30, by the way. And it wasn't like Tor said, I'm going to be late, guys. It was reluctantly admitting. Yeah, It's neither here nor there, I suppose. Um, the best part about it for me was that uh, Mark did show up, uh, Ant-Man's father, and I just watching Ant-Man be completely unable to play a form of baseball in front of his father, who is legendary at baseball. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, but I don't know about you guys. It felt very uncomfortable it was to me the whole afternoon. Were you uncomfortable? I was uncomfortable because he was probably judging all of us for being what we are, and then, but on the top of it, his son is the tip of the pyramid of what he was judging. Because Ant Man was catching also, so yeah. like, what he, if he was at bat, he was failing, and then when he was catching, he was yes. failing, and when he couldn't squat down anymore that was also something that was brought up mark apparently said to him what's the matter son can you not squat down anymore yeah and he had to say no my, my legs are dead oh god <laughs> meanwhile Ed man looked like he was doing the river dance because he had to alternate foot like, because yeah the, the bulk every pitch. dude when he showed up at my house after the game he literally said oh my god i can't wait to get my weight off my legs <laughs> tor he said that out loud in front of a group of men 
When are you gonna? I thought you were supposed to be taking him under your wing, yeah. getting him a pump, getting him a healthier lifestyle. This was something you felt passionately about. Yeah. It was. I was actually rooting for Ant Man yesterday to get some hits and get some knocks in front of his. Well, old man. then you rooted in vain, my friend. <laughs> you were. You were the only one. No, it was uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable. Mark uh, looked like he had a fun time, though. I'll say. Mark apparently, <laughs> from what I was told, like seven different times told Ant-Man to convey to us how much fun he had and oh, that he wanted to do it again. So that was great because for those of you that don't know, Mark actually tore his bicep hitting a home run recently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Which is the funniest thing ever considering so, what he was doing on Sunday afternoon. Also, I, did, I think we'll get on this later, but just a hint at it. We heard Mark had some uh, comments from Tor, for Tor as well. He did. I, we mentioned that because you were fucking late <laughs> oh, okay. uh, at the top of the show. Uh, yeah, he told Tor, you have to, he, the quote was, you have to swing the bat, young yeah. man. Because yeah. Tor sat there with the bat on his shoulder trying to work a walk because, again, his sisters have already outclassed him in life. <laughs> so, um, the game starts, and it becomes very evident to me. Uh, we had a fast start. Like, my yeah. team had a fast start. It was Neil, it was Jester, it was Ant-Man, it was your pal, and it was Aunt Joe. And we, uh, we scored a bunch of runs in the top of the uh, first inning. Mm -hmm. Feeling pretty good. But as soon as I walked out into the field, I knew this is going to be an issue. Because it was hot, and Jester had already sweat through both sides of his shirt. Yeah. Like, not just like the collar. No. Complete streak <laughs> all the way down his back. I love Jester. I'd say he's one of the MVPs yesterday. Mm -hmm. He has probably gained 40 pounds since the hoot nanny. Um, yeah. He's the size of a house. Like, he's just he's as big as I've ever seen him. And I can sympathize. I'm not trying to throw any stones. But I'm looking at him out in the field, and he looked like he wanted to fucking stroke out mm -hmm. the bottom of the first inning. So I, I kind of knew that if you, you guys were going to be able to outlast us because it was a much leaner team, even if there were some struggles. Spoiler alert, ultimately, there weren't that many struggles on your team. Um, what made it that much more difficult is the architect of the team. Yeah. The team captain, the guy that loves baseball, the guy that has a baseball room in his basement. He's got fucking seats from Wrigley Field and he's got autographs. All he does is talk about baseball. He says he puts a VHS tape in and watches the Nationals yeah. World Series winning cries on the weekend. The motherfucker that selected Ant-Man second overall. Yeah, fully in control of every pick of his team allegedly blew his groin out the first at bat that he was up. He crosses over the second base, is running towards third. I saw him pull up lame, grab his groin. He then walked off the field, yeah. never to return. Yeah. I think, I don't know, I don't think we would have won. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert, we didn't win. But I think it could have been a more competitive game if Neil wasn't injured instantaneously after he drafted the worst wiffle ball team in the history of the sport. You needed him. Yeah. And he did say it was it was the slowing down that did it. Oh, really? Yeah, he, he confirmed. Because I said, you almost made it to the, the base. He you said, almost yeah, made it to it third was, base, Neil, so in the first down. inning. Make sure you sign up for the Chad Duke Show mailing list on chaddukeshow.com. Be the first to know what's happening on the program and maybe even win a prize or two. We promise we won't fill up your inbox with tasteful nudes. Well, we promise we'll truly make an effort not to. A lot of fun this week. Uh, a lot of 
fun stuff we've got planned in the very near future. Tor referenced it at the beginning of the show, but lots of new products coming out, an event we have planned, uh, a new way for you to catch the show on Facebook. So uh, stay in touch, man. Facebook.com slash Chad Duke Show and at uh, Chad Duke Show on Instagram for all that information. Tonight, guys, if you're listening on Friday, is uh, Christmas in June and July. The Friday Night Hoot Nanny will be a big old Christmas party. I've been doing this, um, used to do it on Big O and Duke's. I was always kind of, I was the driving force behind it, so I, I feel pretty comfortable taking it from there and, and moving it over to this show because uh, I like to celebrate the holiday year-round. So we're going to have a fun party, do a little secret Santa, have all the drinks and the music and the decorations and stuff. That'll be Friday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, if you go to Facebook.com slash Chad Duke Show, you can watch live for free. That's right, F-R-E-E, just more free content for ye. Uh, and then if you're a subscriber, you can listen to it later on this weekend. Speaking of this weekend, Saturday, Commonwealth Dry Goods in beautiful Old Town Fairfax. It'll be Christmas in June and July there as well. Come on out. We have all types of fun products. We've got uh, bourbon cherry bark. We've got uh, hot cocoa s'mores bark, which is absolutely spectacular. Um, we got the Listen Jerk Jerky, our Christmas jerkies in stock, and we always sell out of that. Uh, we did a Christmas ornament. We got two long Halloween candles, so all types of fun stuff. I'll be there all day Saturday, so if you'd like to come on out, there are details on at uh, Commonwealth Dry Goods on Instagram and Facebook as well. We are Instagram, Facebook people. Not really much for us on the tweeters. Okay. Uh, is that everything, Tor? Anything you'd like to plug? Where? What uh, local watering hole will you be standing next to pulling no fish out of? Oh, I don't think I'm going out to anything this week. At all? No. What's the, why? What happened? Just fucking working busy. Oh, really? Yeah, all over the place. I thought you were just so deflated from Mark's two shark performance. Oh. They call him two shark, a uh, monk. Yeah. Is what they call him. They call him Mark. Mark could probably pull two sharks out of, out of the ocean as well. He'd pull them out barehanded. Barehanded, right? <laughs> Smack them together. <laughs> whack, whack, whack. Just over the, right, right over your ears. Swing that wiffle ball. <laughs> You're embarrassing me. I'm a Vietnam vet. All right. That's probably how it goes. He's beating you with the sharks, right? Yeah. All right. Very good. Uh, it was a hell of a week of shows. We hope you guys enjoy it, and I hope we see some of you at the Hoot and out of Commonwealth Dry Goods this Saturday. Uh, thank you to Orgy Beard for creeping out tour. Uh, thank you again over McFanboy for bringing breakfast uh, for a couple of, couple of days in a row. He's just been sitting here in the studio. Right. Two days in a row, just sitting in the back of the studio. It's unbelievable. And thank you to all of you for subscribing. Guys, use this show as a way to tantalize additional listeners to the Chad Duke Show. Say, hey. You remember that big fat guy on the radio used to scream and yell away his arms? Ah, now he's doing that on the internet, which is very sad. And then I slipped them a link to the podcast. That's how we're going to spread it. It's going to spread like a virus. I just came up with that, Tor. We should start calling this channel The Virus. Oh, just yeah. came up with that. Yeah, like that's that. great. And we'll call, we'll call our listeners pests, and then we'll uh, fucking be the first uh, radio show ever canceled. Absolutely stupendous plan of action. All right, guys, have a beautiful weekend. Thank you so much for the support of the good Lord as well as the creeks don't rise. We'll see you at the Hoot Nanny Roll out the trash cans.